0: So what's happening? We're back for part two, North London Forty, brand new podcast, and we left you at the end of part one on a bit of a cliffhanger. It was you <laughs> that you didn't really know. Yeah,
1: you know, just in case you haven't actually checked online. In
0: so Inye, where did he go?
1: He went to that no, He went to uh, New York.
0: So for those that don't know and can't really realise, just break down the New York media sports market and why that's so different to everywhere else globally
1: in in part one we mentioned about the boston fans and boston media about how they're you know they're quite intense but the new york media is even more intense <laughs> it is unbelievable the intensity the scrutiny that they'll be placing on the players the fact that it's the city of bright lights you know this is a city that facilitated one of the great one of the wide receivers to go into a club in the middle of Harlem and Oof. shoot himself in the leg Oof. this is a city that you know even even if you're a tourist you know you're going to get in trouble in new york it's inevitable that you mix new york with the alluring sort of lights the nightlife blah 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 with fat, with famous um, sports stars because no one is more famous than quarterbacks especially New York quarterbacks this is Joe Namath still one of the most revered people in the world even after being on national tv trying to kiss a sideline reporter (laughs) the like uh, surprisingly for a sport that has a face guard in front of in front of the players so they're not easily recognizable being the quarterback or even a famous quarterback of the New York Jets is going to land you as top five most famous or recognizable faces in New York
0: Completely and you know and let's not forget obviously it's you add to the melting pot the Yankees and the New York Knicks and the, the fact that the Mets and you know there's 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 two teams for, for most disciplines in the sport and it's it's absolutely huge. And brutal media market. They don't take any prisoners and it's New York. So why is he going to New York? God only knows.
1: <laughs> Uh, I, I they, and he, You know, he was. He's. He. He definitely had a bit of a choice in the in the decision of where he was going to end up. He. There's already an established quarterback in New York with Mark Sanchez, another USC graduate.
0: Interesting term, uh, using the term "established." But anyway, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, there is a quarterback already there that has played the past three seasons. Yeah. Uh, for New York, he knows that he like. I'm. T, I'm sure Tebow is well aware of his limits. And his capabilities as a quarterback, and I think that it would have been quite a, a large ask for him to think that he was going to New York as anything other than a backup. But he seems to be happy. I saw footage of him at the, the mini camp the other day, getting his shirt and smiling for the cameras. Um, and and maybe he thinks that maybe maybe even for all we know, there's maybe he's going to use this media and this attention and coverage to bring his. Or his you know his family 's religious world to a greater medium and a greater massive than ever before, because
0: for me it 's a testament to the man right mm-hmm. it 's like he's he says he didn 't have other offers, and maybe he did and maybe he didn't but it 's only an individual like that that will go into that situation, that complete hiding to nothing situation mm-hmm. because adversity doesn 't exist to him, and this is the fascinating thing about it. And, you know, you speak to someone on the street of New York, should he be playing? Should he be starting? You, you get multiple different answers around it. Mm. But you're not going to see a backup quarterback get more camera time in the history of the NFL True. until he get Tim Tebow. So, Mark Sanchez is the incumbent quarterback there. He's a pretty interesting dude in, in, in his own right. Do
1: you think it's, good, it's safe enough for us to say he's dead man walking?
0: You know what? He is. So, Mark Sanchez, extremely talented quarterback. Again, came out of the USC shop, followed Carson Palmer, followed Matt Leiner, basically followed some high-profile quarterbacks that have had reasonably limited NFL careers. You know, poster child looks, has everything done some pretty stupid things over the years. Eating yep. the hot dog on the sideline yep. during the game was a bit dumb. But has been successful with the Jets. Got them to two AFC title games. But the Jets were faced with a decision, should they dump him, should they keep him? They decided to keep him, gave him a big new contract, went into the uh, this offseason. Now they have Tebow. So it just adds to the soap opera element. That is New York. That is the New York Jets. The rivals across the city obviously just won a Super Bowl title. No quarterback controversy over there. Definitely not. None whatsoever and won't be for a number of years. Eli solidified himself as as one of the greats for two Super Bowl wins unquestionably. But also you can't not talk about the New York Jets without talking about their coach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Rex Ryan, the most outspoken coach in the NFL?
1: This is this is a good time, sorry, to step in to mention. Please. That, uh, uh, if you can get the chance, and I'm going to refer to anything along these lines as using the dark arts of the internet. <laughs> uh, to, Go for it. To watch, I think it was, it wasn't last year because of the lockout, it was the year before, Hard Knocks, which is this amazing series by NFL, NFL Films, and I'm sure we're going to have a, a conversation about the the fact that NFL Films is by far and away the best. Uh, I would even put them up there with like movie studios and uh, the quality 100%. of what they do. Hundred um, percent. It's this reality sort of docu show that they've been doing for ten years that follows a specific team during the training camps. And they did the the New York Jets two years ago, and so you got you kind of got a you got a good feel of Rex Ryan as the coach. You got a good feel as. Mark Sanchez, the quarterback, he was always goofing around. You know, there's, there's definitely a playful sort of streak in him, which I don't think the elite quarterbacks, the, they, elite quarterbacks can have that, but the, I don't think he's shown a seriousness yet that um, will definitely, I think, it's, I think Tebow has that seriousness, that, and that's probably the reason why Tebow, I fully expect by week eight to be starting.
0: Week eight.
1: Week eight. I'm going to put it out there right now. Actually. So
0: if we're going to take week eight as the over-under, I'm taking the under. Okay. I'm taking the under. I think he's he's going to get snaps. Yeah. Limited snaps. What I did here, um, excellent, excellent podcast. I mean, we're going to refer to experts on this podcast because mm. there's some – the access to these guys, we never had this years gone by, but now they're there. Uh, I heard Mike Mayox from NFL Network, his draft breakdown. And it was a fascinating listen. Uh, It really is worth checking out. And what's been said that apparently the Jets in their draft were stacking up Tebow package players. Oh, okay. If that's a myth, if that's – who knows, right? But the conspiracy already starts. I think he's taking snaps in the first game. Mm -hmm. I think he's starting by week five. but we'll see we'll see we'll see maybe we can maybe we can set that up as a little bet and we can have some bets that we can roll for later on in the season Mm. it's worth talking about the rex ryan heritage quickly son of buddy probably the most famous defensive coach in recent times coach of the 1985 chicago bears also brother of rob ryan he's the defensive coordinator at the cowboys again you won't see a Coordinator get more camera time than Rob Ryan because he's got stupid hair and a big and a big belly and he's a brother of Rex Ryan. Talking soundbite, what? And we could go through the list, but foot fetishist is that is I that is that an the, accusation that's, that's true? I, well,
1: we should probably still use alleged. Alleged it. I foot don't think fetishist. He, although, did lead to one of my favourite NFL moments of all time was when the Patriots were playing the Jets, and I can't remember which player specifically mentioned. Uh, I think he said the word foot or the word feet um, 17 times in a two-minute interview.
0: All adds to the baggage, all adds to the fun, all adds to what is New York sports. And, you know, the Jets will be a team that, as we go into the season, I'm sure we'll be talking about. There's news coming out of there all the time, as as you'd expect it. So, you know, and Tebow's going to be at the heart of that, um, no question, no question. Moving on, I guess, into other things that have kind of happened and over the 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 course of um, the course of the season, <sighs> the nFL's in an interesting place technology's advancing the world of science and medicine is advancing and and you know we can all be treated and it's such a brilliant thing in so many better ways than we we could do in in recent years what's come out of this and and it's probably the biggest problem that the league faces now is this issue around injuries to players mm-hmm. concussions. The states of players' health is such an enormous issue. There's all sorts have been written, all sorts have been said about this. Court cases starting, beginning, and I guess a couple of high profile ones. Dave Duerson, who was a um who was a player on the first team I ever watched win a game, nineteen eighty five Chicago Bears, committed suicides and pretty much then put down that um around the situation was down to memory losses, depression, um, concussion-related issues around American football. Jim McMahon, the quarterback of that team, the biggest NFL personality of the mid-'80s, now suffers from bouts of amnesia, goes into rooms, doesn't know where where he is. It's all very sad, and lots of players are feeling the effect of that, concussions, and, and I think we've only seen the start of that. And now... As we're going into a sport where these players are faster, bigger, stronger, hitting each other with more velocity than we've ever seen before, it becomes more of an issue. So the NFL have started that with banning kickoffs. Um, Sorry, not banning, but bringing kickoffs forward to Mm. eradicate kickoffs. It will soon
1: lead to eradicating kickoffs, let's be honest.
0: I think you're right. Because you've got players who are able to pick up a head of steam Mm -hmm. over 40 yards and hit someone the way they shouldn't be hit. Any hits to the head are now completely out. Helmet-to-helmet contact, completely out of the game. Which, for player safety, is a great thing. Mm. Some people with a different perspective like the hits. That's why they got attracted to the sport. And and the NFL has to be guilty of that. It's created this monster that that hard-hitting. It's a contact and violent sport. But... You know, and I think this came out really this this off-season with, you know, the farcical situation that happens down at the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Down at the New Orleans Saints? I guess it's south <laughs> from here. Down at the lane. But um, <laughs> so, again, getting up to speed. New Orleans Saints got to uh, the second round of the playoffs last year. Big franchise, won the Super Bowl two seasons ago. News got out and it reached the NFL about a... Bounty system that was happening within the club, mm-hmm. right? And what that basically means is the defensive coach, led by Greg Williams, were paying players to injure players on other teams, giving bonuses, bonuses uh, yeah. exactly for injured. Taking out a player's ACL mm-hmm. would come with a cash incentive. Putting a player in a, in an ambulance would come with a cash incentive, and it's. It's a ridiculous way of managing your players. And one, as the truth comes out, it just gets more and more upsetting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what's happened is is the Saints have been found out. Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, has been banned for the league for a season. Sean Payton, their head coach, has been banned for the league for a season for, in effect, turning a blind eye to the whole thing. Players now, defensive captain Jonathan Vilma has been banned for the season, and a bunch of other players as well. And and I think that the probably the saddest part of the whole story was the way that an audio tape was leaked to the press. Again, listen to it if you want. It it's it's horrible. Greg Williams talking about Frank Gore before they played the uh, San Francisco Forty ers in a, in a key playoff game. Kill his head, basically concuss the guy. Mm-hmm. Michael Crabtree, go for his ACL and be rewarded for that. But I think the saddest thing is where the tape League, there's a, there's a gentleman, poor gentleman, that used to play for the New Orleans Saints a few seasons ago um, called Steve Gleason, and he's terminally ill with motor neurons disease. And the Saints have brought him back into the fold since he's had this disease with a limited amount of time that he has left to brought him back into the franchise, gave him a Super Bowl ring, gave him a platform to help talk about this struggle that he's going for. I think he's been able to conceive a child with his wife and been all, all involved in that. And he had a um, a camera guy. I don't remember his name, the name of the actual the guy that exposed the tape, unfortunately, but, you, again, you can find that. Um, he had a camera guy following him 24-7, following his story, making a documentary on Steve Gleeson. And as a result of this, Steve Gleeson was allowed into the... Um, Facility of the New Orleans Saints, like an honorary player, mm-hmm. unbridled access to everything. He was in that meeting, and so was this guy. This guy recorded what he heard Greg Williams saying and all these things and, and made the decision heavily against the wishes of Steve Gleason that he had to broadcast this information. Yeah. As a result, Steve Gleason was pretty much ostracized from the organisation, doesn't have the contact that he once did, being blamed by a lot of circles from next from expose. And I think Peter King summed this up in his Monday excellent, excellent Monday morning quarterback blog. He just said it's just so sad. And it is so sad. And you know, where the NFL goes from here, who can say? New Orleans Saints don't have a coach, don't have some of their best players and but, you know, some of these things are being exposed in terms of the problem that the sports face right
1: now—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really, really sad, um, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's tough to sort of, it, for, especially for the NFL to sort of change tact. And they, you know, they spent all this time. There's a, there's a mentality in football, and we've both we've both played the sport that, you know, walk it off, walk it off. Any injury, rub, that rub you some start, dirt on it. Yeah, rub yeah. some dirt on it. It's that sort of, it's you know, like they've. People can compare the NFL to war or to to all these things and highlights packages. This is what people want to see. They want to see hits. But I think when it came down to it, people didn't really think that it would get to the point that it would become specific. It would become, I think, bonuses. That was another thing that people didn't really believe that it would go that far. But I think everything, like, for all the things that we love about the sport, that we love that it's... It's obviously a lot of the changes in the sport are geared towards fans, and a lot of um, the rules are, are geared towards the tele- television watching audience. Not a lot of rule changes are geared towards the safety of, of the players. For example, there's this insistence on trying to change it to an 18 game season and Oof. the extension of preseason games. Like, there is nothing better. Like, literally, the day after the Super Bowl, I was upset. Because in fact no not even get that. Not even the day after the Super Bowl. The like the week in between um the championship games and the Super Bowl, I was upset because I knew that football was ending. But I would not want to put players' lives in jeopardy. I think it makes the actual season and the playoffs itself even more special. But players safety has to be taken in the interest. Of, you're right, like just because there is a system to constantly renew players through the through the draft does not mean you know people should be looking to extend careers two years is is an awfully short amount of time for uh, any person's career let alone a sports player person's career
0: you're right and i think that you know people don't want to watch the sport being played with an intention of you know we're talking about concussions we're talking about broken legs this is not throwaway stuff Mm. and yeah The size, the speed, the power of some of these athletes, they can really do that. And, you know, to encourage that on an organizational level was just wrong. And Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, came down super hard on the Saints. He had to. He had no choice. It's now you're in a situation, and, you know, I don't think it's been proven as yet, but Junior Seau, another player recently committed suicide, are people trying to tie in after effects of playing football with that potentially you now a situation where you have players using their own vehicles of communication twitter being the obvious one mm-hmm. you know hall of fame caliber players kurt warner people like that saying i don't want my kids to play fully kitted football if america starts to take that perception to this yeah. it has a problem and it's not about that it's not about that so the nfl is has some things to overcome and i'm sure it will do and you know we don't want to dwell on this you know we don't want to dwell on the bad side of things i think i think that's been exposed and that's been stopped and that's a good thing but it's, you know, it's relevant off-season information that, you know, you, you, you've you got to mention because it's, you know, it's important and it, and it happens a lot. So all the big balls up down at the Saints, really. And hopefully they get better and hopefully they improve and, you know, they can get back to being the Saints again and we can start talking about something else. Talking about something else, and we should talk about this. And again, I want to focus on fans here in England. And one thing that is going to be exciting in England for the next three seasons. We're going to have the St Louis Rams here for the next three seasons. It's true.
1: I, I propose that we actually rename them because I think that like St Louis is St Louis. Not no offense. St John's so Woods? Yeah, I think something like that. We need to like we need yeah. to make them more English. We need to St Louis Rams FC. That could work. Or so
0: you're an Arsenal fan. Yes. So you're, you're there's a co ownership thing there, right? Yes. Is that have you, has that started to be marketed to you yet? Is that no. too subliminal? Is that what they're going to do with this? M- more likely not. the The only, in fact, the only
1: American sports thing that I've ever actually seen with the Arsenal football team was the Chicago Bulls team going to go, uh, going to go watch an Arsenal game about two, three years ago. Seeing Yannick Noah on the streets of um, Holloway was actually quite a good sight.
0: Did he have but, uh, Joachim Noah with him as well? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The old father and Very son thing. Yeah, I yeah. 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 apologize. Right. once
1: again getting people confused. No, 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 no no, the, no. no, Father and They're son. All, yeah, can have father that. and son. Um yeah, um no, Stan Cranky has not uh started to do that yet. And uh, to be personally honest, I really hope that they don't because there is not much of a link between Arsenal Football Club and apart the from Rams. Him. Uh apart from maybe they could have a fight between I don't know the Ram and then the Gunnosaurus. That would be quite interesting, but
0: my, my money's on the Ram. The Rams. My <laughs> money's on the Ram. I all, don't all know. day. see so the he's like he's a got sort of scat. Yeah, spread. no, no, um, no. He ain't nothing. But
1: yeah, with the Rams, it's an it's an interesting thing because we've they've had the NFL London game for the past three years at least.
0: Or no, four? I think I think five or six oh, now. Five or six. Okay. Five or six. I think other, I think I've been to most of them. Yeah. So mm. it was first one was in '97. So yes, I've had five of them. Oh, okay. Sorry, 2007? Yeah, yeah. But I think the interesting thing, and I think in future podcasts, we're going to get into this concept of picking teams and if you, who teams you should pick and who we should have maybe worn you off and stuff. But I think it's an interesting one that sucks for the fans of St. Louis because mm-hmm. they get to miss a home game for the next three seasons. I'm sure they're not happy about that. But I think it's interesting in the way that St. Louis are going to be here for the next three seasons. Yeah. So it gives fans here in, in Britain a chance to actually build up a bit of an affinity because you're going to be yeah. seeing a game for them every year. Definitely. And I think that's the idea. And I actually agree with that. I think it's. We always remember the hoo ha of when the Premier League said they were going to put an one away game yeah, in America in game, or worldwide yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Everybody went potty. Mm hmm. We have 19 home games in the Premier League plus all the cups and all the other other stuff. You're talking about teams these teams have eight. Right? And it's much more of a bigger deal. I actually thought that Premier League away game was a really good idea actually. Maybe they bring that back. So, you know, they're not too happy about it but Mm. for people in London especially, it's really interesting. A commitment from the NFL. Um, They're going to be here. Continue to keep investing. So that's a really, really exciting thing as well. But, you know, want to be a St. Louis Rams fan? Why the hell not? What,
1: how do you feel about the team itself? Do you think it would have been better to pick another team? Or do you think so
0: it's what team
1: challenging for something? or like
0: The concept of picking a team doesn't exist, mm. right? So it basically boils down to this. If you're selling out all your home games, there's no way you're going to come. Yeah. The power franchises, and they still do exist, even in the salary cap era, the Redskins, the Cowboys, Bears, the Patriots... The Giants, they're not going to give up a home game, yeah. right? So it leaves, only leaves a certain amount of teams that are willing to give up a home game. Mm. But, you know, some teams do have attendance issues in the States. You know, Jacksonville, there's talk about them, Jacksonville being the candidate if LA ever gets a team. It's a whole different podcast on its own. Buffalo. But Buffalo, for example. Mm-hmm. Again, they play, a, they play a game up in Toronto once yeah. a year. So, you know, I think, it, I think there was options to have it. St. Louis having such a terrible season yeah. really helped but don't know the ins and outs of it that's the choice they've they've um they've chosen to make. I thought it was interesting in the way that some teams have used it on the tourism angle, yep, so you had Tampa, obviously nice tourist destination. you want to go to Tampa, New Orleans after Katrina, trying mm-hmm. to build that up Miami, of yep. course, lots of Brits like going to Miami, St. Louis. Eh, I'm not sure if it's really the tourist destination. Yeah. It's, a a, to those. it's a bit of a tough I've not one. been so. No, yeah. I've
1: never I've never been either, but but then again, the, it's something only like 17% of all NFL fans have actually been to a live game, so it's a good opportunity. Really? Yeah, it's a good opportunity to to definitely open it up for UK fans and UK viewership. I I don't I I like the fact that the BBC show showed the game, but it does seem quite odd because they don't show the rest of the season. And so it's almost like they're showing it just because Wembley is, is you know, involved. But I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, and I actually haven't been to um, the Wembley games yet, but I'm definitely going to go this year, and I think that you should go and definitely enjoy a game from the stands. It's a completely different experience.
0: Hey, it is, and, and you know, and I've been fortunate enough to um, to to go to all of those matches, and you know, it's a it's a great day out. Some of those games have been atrocious, some of them have been amazing, and it is a great day out. And I, and I think that what you've found is a multi spectrum of different team jerseys from different teams, people that just want to be a part of it, yeah. right? And I think what the NFL is looking at is to say, well, look, could a team be here? Yeah, maybe that takes a little bit of time. At, It's great seeing the fans that support all these other teams because they're going to come and watch it regardless. It's brilliant seeing jerseys of players that... I didn't even know they made jerseys of players. <laughs> you know, you'll see the, Kelly Holcomb for the Browns and Danny Connell for the Giants, and you know, you know some of um, some of these players that have left in real animosity. It, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like walking down the street with a. Uh, it's not quite like walking down the street with a Spurs. soul Campbell jersey. Nothing's yeah. as bad as that. But like <laughs> it's. Uh, but you know these these types of sort of cultural faux pas, which are always a ama- always amusing to look at. You know, a Plexico barres pittsburgh steelers uh shirt and all this type of stuff so there's lots of that stuff going on but it's there it's at wembley later on this year um it might be worth us maybe talking briefly as because you know we're going to do some more podcasts before the season starts and we're going to get a bit more regular what people should be plugging themselves into in the short term to get up to speed get the content regularly because I mean, one of the things that we'll find is there's so much, right? Definitely. Where where do, where do you point yourself? What would you say, is start with this, build up a knowledge base. This is a good mm. way to stay up to speed and maybe look at some of the stuff from history they haven't seen and stuff. What would you say? I think this may be one of the few sports
1: that you can actually recommend the official website for the sport as the best place to start. Agreed. So, NFL.com, best place to go. Find out all the information you'll ever need. has great daily updates, uh, videos, uh, stuff that you can go through. And, as we, you know, and NFL Films, they've got some of their stuff on there. And I think that's definitely the best place. You don't need to be watching videos every day. You don't need to be keeping up that closely. But you'll definitely be able to go, if, let's say if you go once a week to the site, you'll be able to definitely know what's going on. And it'll definitely get you ready for preseason and... Um, Definitely, that's definitely the best place. What about you?
0: My one, if I was going to recommend one thing, and as your lead-in, produced by the NFL, America's Game Series. Start that, nail that. That's unparalleled TV. There's a program called um, America's Game, where they break down all the Super Bowl winners. They tell the stories. They tell the facts. They show the footage they get amazing people to do the narratives and the voiceover. Mm. John Slattery did the last one for yeah. the for the for the Packers. Start there, build it up. Obviously there's YouTube, lots and lots of really talented broadcasters out there. But look around, right? Look around and the UK perspective on the sport right now is it's just a bit too nerdy, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing to remember about this sport it isn't a nerdy sport, yeah. right? And, and I think we're coming at an angle that it shouldn't want to be that. But podcasts, obviously YouTube, NFL Network, of course, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. But what you're going to see now, which is quite interesting, is – Training camps are going to start and there's going to be a bit of training camp controversy a little bit. But it's teams tooling themselves up, getting their rookies signed, then going through the motions. And then start of August is preseason. season There'll be a few holdouts and some stuff like that. But it's one of the things we haven't mentioned and we'll probably go into a big thing maybe on the next podcast is fantasy football. The fantasy football, now the draft is out, and the free agents are out. The fantasy football... Mags are starting to come out. People are already starting to talk about it. See, this
1: is good because I've never actually played fantasy
0: football, so I'll be learning at the same time. So yeah, so Inyo's is going to be learning fantasy football. We're going to be talking about some of the do's, some of the don'ts. I'm very smug, warning, because after six seasons of playing in my league, I won my league last season. With my boss, shout out to my boss, co-CEO of um, Walthamstow Dogs franchise. We won our Fantasy League last season. So obviously every decision I make is was a good one yep. last season. It's so much fun. It's It's not like fantasy football in this country. The fact that you don't share players with everyone, the tactics, the involvement, it's just fantastic. So Ine is going to be going in the first time this season. Also, he may be wanting to stack up his team with Raiders players. We're going to advise <laughs> him against that.
1: Can I, can I get Jamarcus Russell? I'm sure he'll be cheap. Can I just use him, you know? What Unfortunately,
0: unless you're registered with an NFL team, you can't pick him up. But, you know, fantasy football is fantastic because it's all about picking up sleeper players, mm-hmm. players you haven't really heard about. Um, Cam Newton was a fantastic fantasy stud last year, Rob Konkowski. Ka- Rob we spoke about these are players that were drafted in the lower regions of the league. We'll start to get into this we get closer to the league, but we're we'll, but you know we're not going to be fantasy bores. We're not going to be talking about our teams. Do you think it, it's a good idea
1: if you don't know the the sport itself to listen to the fantasy talk because then you'll get to know players. You'll get to.
0: I, th- I think so. You know, I think so. I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a little bit blinkered, and, and it's just become such an important part of the sport for me. That alongside an invention which, for me, isn't heralded enough, which is this invention. It's called the Red Zone Channel.
1: That, we'll be doing a three podcast special on the genius of the Red Zone. Oh,
0: I mean, you talk about technological advancements. So this is this is another thing to remember, or um, people out there in the UK. The way this content is portrayed, it starts Sunday at six. It's when it all starts. Mm. What are British people doing Sunday nights? Watching Downton Abbey, maybe a little bit of downtime. They've kind of they've watched the Super Sunday football match. It's been a little bit not so. It comes alive Sunday at 6. It's the perfect time to absorb content. And what the Red Zone channel does, it shows you all the games simultaneously, without punditry, without ads, just the action, flicking from one game to the next. It's just indescribable in terms of how good and how exciting it is. Lay it with... We obviously don't encourage gambling. Maybe we, maybe maybe we do actually, because I think we need to throw some kind of crazy bets out this season on what we think is going to happen, is not going to happen, and um, made a bit of money on the Super Bowl actually. Coin flip, pick pick coin flip. That's good. For the over under on shots of Giselle and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll we'll get into I that did in a little.
1: Lose on the uh, su- uh the uh,
0: the national anthem length, really. Uh,
1: yeah. I can't remember what I bet on it, but I did. I did bet. Should have gone outfit. Ugh. Outfit was the right, one. That's the one. Outfit was the
0: one. Uh, Should have gone on the outfit wearer and stuff. So, um, so yeah. So get ready to get your Sunday nights free because um, that's when it's going to happen. Um, plug yourself in. It's when all the magic happens, which is fantastic. we'll probably be talking about that in the next part of our pod, and you know, talking about teams and and maybe doing some jargon busting and. Talking about ways that you can um, interact with us because this is our first podcast, right? So we don't have any of this, any of this stuff sorted out yet. Yeah. But we will do.
1: No, no, that we definitely. You know, this pod will not be the same without user interaction. And so, you know, we need to get a Twitter, we'll get don't a Twitter we? And, and, a and email and all that sort of and stuff. And email, yeah, 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 that'll yeah. be good. And you know, you guys make it the show that it could be. And you know, imagine all the times you've been watching UK coverage of the sport and you've wanted people to sort of talk about things in a less simplistic manner or a less arrogant manner no shots fired but yeah definitely <laughs> definitely we, we you know we want people to interact because at the same time you know we we want to be talking about the season coming up and all the things that are happening but let's also take a chance to look back at the memories that we've had and the things that we've
0: uh we had this conversation briefly now we're doing our first pod and and, and it, and it kind of goes from there and does it give us an excuse to, to to watch even more nfl and we haven't even talked about college college football yet i don't know we wrapping up
1: i think yeah i think we're wrapping up i think we've got good enough i think for the first two definitely you've got we've got enough i think that's going to start you guys off okay so go off and go to nfl.com and explore
0: All right, it's been fun, so we'll see you next time.